A young woman people can't stop talking about. Yo, Taylor. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yes, Taylor Swift. 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 Ish. What just happened? Welcome back to the fourth episode of Swiftish. This is Ashley. And this is Shelby. And we're so glad to be back. I know. It keeps going. It does. Another day, another drama, <laughs> drama, drama. Speaking of drama, ladies and gentlemen, this week there's been a lot of rumors on Twitter, and we don't know where they came from, that there was supposed to be a shocking announcement. I know. Everyone was like, something's happening. Something's happening. It's shocking. Yeah. And I didn't think it could be another song dropping right. because that's not shocking to me. Yeah, that's, that's usual. Aw- that's awesome. And yeah. But apparently, I don't know if this is accurate, so don't quote me, <laughs> but on the 28th, the Shanghai Cultural Radio Film and Television Administration Bureau, Whoa. mouthful, <laughs> invited, and I quote, this is from a tweet someone sent out that was a screenshot of Chinese characters that was... <laughs> Translated into English. Yeah. And I quote, Taylor, Allison Swift, British singer, Harry Edward Styles, and 48 foreign workers to apply for an administrative license in Shanghai. What's happening in Shanghai? Well, don't you know? November 7th, the Victoria's Secret show. Oh, which yes. she's, she's done before. She's done twice before. So in the now. same document, though, same document, it says they will perform four songs, which means either Taylor can be performing two, which mm-hmm. the two she already dropped, yeah. and maybe Harry can be performing two, or they're each performing four. Okay. Which could clarify some rumors that are also going on. Right. That Taylor's going to drop two more songs before her album drops. Four singles. Because November 7th is on a Wednesday. November 10th, which is going to be... coming up. The day is when the album drops. (laughs) Okay. Okay. But it could also mean that someone's messing with us. Right. The picture that people sent out looked very, very... Credible. I feel like that's a big deal, right? Harry and Taylor. That's a huge that's deal. That's shocking, right? That, <laughs> that would fit. That's shocking. That yeah. would fit the narrative. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're both mature and they've both talked about how much they respect one another. So it's not like, or it wouldn't be as dramatic as Katy Perry and Taylor Swift doing something. That would be shocking. Yeah, that would be like the wrong sort of shocking. And, but nothing's been confirmed. And yeah. personally on the Taylor front she's been semi-quiet. She has. It's been a pretty quiet week. I mean... She's returned to to Tumblr. I think (laughs) she's returned to Tumblr. Yeah, we spent all that time saying she wasn't on it, and now you think she is. Yeah, I think she's back because she was going through Tumblr, and she was liking people's posts about how awesome Taylor is. Someone... Mm. The funniest Tumblr post that I saw, someone came up and asked the, the poster, they just ask her, how's Taylor doing? Yeah. They don't even ask <laughs> Story of my life. how she's doing. Yeah. They ask this person, how's yeah. Taylor What's Taylor doing? up to? Yeah. yeah. I get that yeah. a lot, too. <laughs> so we only got, like, a couple new behind-the-scenes stuff, and then the biggest thing, I guess, that Taylor has done is released, like, a what Taylor's listening to on playlist on Spotify. On Spotify, yeah. Which is a very thorough list, and there's a lot people are reading into, of course, because everything Taylor does has a secret meaning. It's calculated. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I took a listen to it. It was a big, there was a big spread of genres and artists. Wide variety. Lots of indie artists who were all very grateful to get 
Taylor's light shined down upon them. On Twitter <laughs> yesterday, people, the art, those artists uh-huh. were tweeting about it, how like, awesome and grateful. And I love indie music, mm-hmm. so I appreciated the Yeah, playlist. it was fun to like hear. I mean, I was torn because I was like, wait do I stop listening to Look What You Made Me Do to listen to this playlist? Like, I couldn't... It took me a while to decide to finally hear it out, but it was good, and Taylor's done that before. She's listed songs on Tumblr that she's been enjoying or has given, like, a couple fans, like, breakup playlists, and so I think she enjoys curating these lists to then share with the world. And some people think, oh, all these songs are so, like, happy, and they're about love, and they're about finding contentness and like your where you are in life and so Taylor must be happy and in love and content with her life but then there's also people who are like oh she has synth pop sort of dark but like energetic mm-hmm. songs so maybe that's what her album will sound like but there's also like I think I haven't listened to all of it two country songs yeah so I'm not sure if that is we don't know yeah we don't know Taylor has us guessing there was one song on the playlist that says bad reputation yes I know. That's what the first thing I saw, and so I like started looking to the other songs, and then I just got confused. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot. It it is. It could very well just be a song. If there is, she likes. There's a hidden message within that. I think our younger Swifties will catch it. (laughs) They are sleuths. Yeah, they are. They're going to be the Olivia Benson's. Yeah, there's probably like like every capital letter spells a sentence that tells us. I try. I try to look through that, and it. Didn't There's work. nothing. Maybe yeah. it's the last. Maybe it's the last letter of every. Yeah, sentence. every thirteenth word yeah. is something. <laughs> There's something. But um, my favorite news happened earlier this week. Was Rolling Stone released a list of Taylor's songs from you know, good to greatest, because there aren't any bad. So there's 115 songs that Taylor's released. They're also, like, her Christmas songs. Right. And also her some songs. Her live tour. Her live tours. She covers, like, with Cher. Mm -hmm. She was I Want You Back. At first, when I looked at the list, I thought it was just going to be her songs. Right. But then I saw it was also covers of other songs. And then I was shocked to see that you know, that some Christmas songs she did ranked <laughs> higher than other songs. We have, I know. We have to keep in mind that when you read the article, the author explicitly states that this is based off of lyrics, lyrics not based off of popularity, right. not based off of album sales, based mm-hmm. off of how he thought she wrote, like the mm-hmm. strength of the song yeah. in his eyes. Yeah, it was curated by Rob Sheffield, who's a big music journalist. He's, he's been a fan of Taylor's for a while, but he, like, I loved how he started the list, and he had this great quote, you know, reminding the world that Taylor Swift isn't just this celebrity, that she is, in fact, an artist. And he says, Taylor Swift, the celebrity, is such a magnet for attention, she can distract from Taylor Swift, the artist. But Swift was a songwriter before she was a star, and she'll be a songwriter long after she graduates from that racket. So with all due respect to Taylor, the myth, the icon, the red carpet tabloid staple, let's celebrate the real Taylor, the songwriter she was born to be. I loved that. <laughs> I, I put it in bold. Yeah. <laughs> let's celebrate the real Taylor. I know. I want it, like, tattooed on my ribcage. Like, that's just, <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what this whole thing is about, is, like, people don't give Taylor enough credit. People don't take her seriously. But she's actually, you know, 115 songs, some of them covers, but she has a big discography that like does that testifies to how smart she is as a lyricist before we get into the list yeah have you asked siri 
what Taylor Swift's best song is. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't have a one-on-one relationship with Siri, so I haven't thought to ask her. If you ask Siri, uh-huh. her best song. Can we do it right now? <laughs> yeah. Hey Siri, what's Taylor Swift's best song? It is "Look What You Made Me Do." Oh, interesting taste. Siri, what's Taylor Swift's worst song? It is "The Moment I Knew." <gasps> what? Disagree. Now, Bad Siri. She has given me two Taylor Swift's worst songs. Oh, really? <laughs> the Moment I Knew and the other one, Come Back, Be Here. Oh, okay. I liked Come Back, Be Here. <laughs> it is. It's okay. It wasn't like her best song, but, <laughs> but I don't it's think not it's her, her worst. worst song. Yeah. She so, clearly hasn't listened to some old stuff. The Rolling Stones article has 115 songs. Mm-hmm. The 115th spot is given directly to Bad Blood. I know, which is, I mean, I guess I can see it from a lyrical perspective. He also calls out how petty it was. And he, <laughs> yeah. I personally like Bad Blood, yeah. but that's probably because I have a lot of bad blood with some people <laughs> because I'm drama. Yeah, it's a bop. I can, I can relate. Yeah, people everyone have drama can. With yeah, I mean, my friends and I, when it came out, we recognized how, like, I don't know, cheesy or simplistic it is, but you can get into it, you mm-hmm. know? Everyone can feel that, that hard beat, and you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. we Baby do have bad blood. bad blood. <laughs> but the best part of the list is what he ended on, because Which, that is my favorite song. That's my favorite song. And it is all too well. <sighs> it's just so great. I think this is honestly one of the songs that every Taylor Swift fan loves, And a lot of the critics can't hate. Like, it's one of the most well-received Taylor songs, and it was never a single, which is something that's amazing to me. Unfortunate. I know. (laughs) I think it would have given... I think it would have gotten a lot more attention if it was a single, and she might have gotten more awards for it because it got so much attention from fans. Yeah. But maybe she didn't want it... That was her baby, and she didn't want to give it... It's pretty personal. It'd be hard to, like, make a music video for it, you know? Oh, I it'd can't be imagine. like it'd be too raw. <laughs> I do have to tell you about all too well, and I yeah. have to let you know my husband does know I'm talking about this. Oh, okay. <laughs> Before I left, he's like, "Are you going to talk about past relationships?" You're like you have to. It's a Taylor Swift podcast, I, and <laughs> this album helped me heal so quickly over a really, really sad, tragic, beautiful breakup that oh, I had yeah. with someone that I dated, and it was around September. I broke it off with him, and then, like, officially broke it off with him, and then October, she dropped this. It was beautiful And album. All Too Well was something that I sang, I cried, <laughs> I just lived, loved, and would have died for. Yeah. I mean, it's so good. Like, I remember I was walking through, like, campus one day, listening to the album right after it had come out, and then I got to this song, and I was like... I, like, stopped, and I had to replay it, like, three times in a row, because I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so good, and it just builds, and the lyrics, like, just stay with you, and Mm -hmm. it's so good. (laughs) But we should probably give a little context for people who maybe aren't on our level. So, All Too Well is the fifth track on her Red album. Which is also the crying track. The sad track, track. yeah. (laughs) which be prepared. (laughs) I listed last week. Yeah. (laughs) It's coming, but... Um, so the Red Era was an interesting one because it was in the middle of the Taylor hate. It was all about, oh, she's a man-eater, she's gonna write a song about you, all she does is she chases boys, breaks up with them, writes these albums. There were all those jokes at all the award shows, not even just music awards, it was like the Golden Globes where Amy Poehler and Tina Fey made that joke about her dating a younger guy. 
there is a lot of a lot of drama around Taylor's relationships because when the album came out, which was 2012, she had dated Connor Kennedy, who was much younger, who was in high school. She was 17, she yeah. was 21. Yeah, so that was a little summer fling. And she'd also had a flirtation throughout 2012 with Harry Styles, leading into a relationship um, throughout that winter with that infamous breakup in January of 2013. Which and so... 1989. Yes. So those jokes were relentless, but... It's interesting because actually most of Red was written about things that happened two years previously, which is when she dated Jake Gyllenhaal. When she first started dating Jake Gyllenhaal, my first introduction of him was with October Sky. I kept on, this is my problem, I kept on seeing him as like the dorky boy in October Sky who like was trying to like build a rocket. A rocket. (laughs) So I've, yeah. I've slowly have seen the sexy that is oh, Jake. Yeah. No, I when she started dating Jake, I was like, yes, girl, you're mm-hmm. living my dream. Like, I've had a crush on Jake Gyllenhaal since October Sky, probably. <laughs> and so when she started dating him, everyone was like, oh my gosh, he's so much older than her. And I was like, have you seen him? <laughs> I've had at least two of my friends date and get married to guys who are at least nine years older than them. Yeah. They're still married. And women mature faster than men. Yeah. That's a scientific fact. So they're probably at the same age mentally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If not, she was older. Yeah. <laughs> but they had an infamous romance. And yes. I don't know if you want to kind of walk us through their yeah, timeline. Yeah, let's walk you through the timeline. So they dated about end of October 2010 to the end of December 2010. They started dating when she was 20, and mm-hmm. he was 29 going into 30. And I know you really want Jake to notice you and to I love know. you. You should dye your hair blonde. <laughs> I know. Because he's, he's well, got he's, a type. He's had a type. He's dated Reese Witherspoon. He's dated um, Kirsten Dunst. And it's shocking because from what I could gather, he actually pursued her. Yeah, he I kinda, don't blame him. He, oh, yeah. <laughs> I would pursue her. Yeah. It I was right around her. the time she was on SNL, right? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Because she'd done her big SNL jab at Joe Jonas. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it, was, it was perfect. She, it was in the making. She was ready. And actually, everyone says that he asked his people to put them in touch, but Gwyneth Paltrow kind of oh, did her little hands in the matchmaking. Oh, Gwyneth. And even, even went on a double date. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so, he, so the connection there is that he's friends with Gwyneth. They did a movie together. Mm-hmm. And Taylor and her ex, Chris Martin, are friends. Oh, okay. So I think that's kind of, like, how it yeah. all went down. But the first time we knew that they were actually together was October 23rd. Mm-hmm. Both of them were at Emma Stone's um, hosting of SNL. Oh, that's right. Which, can I kind of say that, I'm, you know, Emma and Taylor used to be best friends. Yeah. Where's Emma? Well, maybe they're still friends, But you she's know? not in the squad. <laughs> that's true. But Emma's know. very private, so Emma's maybe very she private. just didn't want the drama. <laughs> so maybe that's where the romance started, because I know they hung yeah. out with Emma afterwards. They went to lunch, they went to dinner, mm-hmm. they all hung out. You know, a little romance started, yeah. and they, you know, they did a couple of dates, as you would oh, when you're dreamy. getting to know somebody. Yeah. They went apple picking in upstate New York. Aww. They had ice cream and pool time in California, and before Taylor had her private jets... Yeah. <laughs> he actually rented a private jet and flew her to England where hey, he uh, was he was filming Love and Other Drugs. <laughs> so you know, you know, like, he was serious about it. Yeah. And, you know, one of their um, infamous, I wouldn't call it a date, I would call it a holiday, was mm-hmm. when she spent Thanksgiving with Maggie yeah. and the family and possibly 
maybe left her scarf at her yeah. house. Yeah, I mean, this scarf is, like, famous Iconic. Taylor lore. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe Jake has it in his drawer <laughs> yeah. even now. I think so. I think we'll read into that later. But, <laughs> yeah, no, they were both photographed wearing the same scarf at different times. So the sad thing is, though, he dumped her. Oh, Not yeah, only did brutally. he dump her. It's like a big, giant dumping. <laughs> on the phone. He, I think he must have been on the phone. He called her up mm-hmm. because he, you know, best boyfriend ever, um, trying to give her all these clues and hints that he didn't want to date her, missed her birthday party. Yeah. Her birthday party that his friends were at. Yeah, and Siri thinks that song is trash. Like, I'm sorry, the moment I knew is beautiful, and it's the perfect sequel to All Too Well. No, so it listen is. to that. It's a bonus track. It's a <laughs> yeah. bonus track. Yeah. So they, they broke up, mm-hmm. like, right before New Year's Eve. Yeah. Right after he missed her birthday party. Yeah. But in January, they were spotted getting lunch together. And a lot oh, of people yeah. are like, oh! Are they getting back together? And, you know, they are never, ever, ever getting back together. (laughs) Yeah. That she answered it for us. Yeah. And then at the uh, Vanity Fair Oscar party, they were spotted, like, I think it was in January, having this really, really serious conversation. Yeah. And the source, no flirtation, no affection. And in my mind, I think he was probably asking her, are you writing a song (laughs) about me? Well, it was interesting because... In the 2012 release for Red, a lot of people were asking her, like, oh, do you have trouble dating, like, knowing the, get a song written about him? And she was like, no, like, honestly, the only time someone ever asked was after we broke up. They're like, please don't write a song about this. And she said, okay, I won't. And then she wrote the entire album of Red, which I think it's like her prerogative. Like, these guys aren't victims. And no matter how they try to play it up in the media of, like, Taylor Swift ruining these men's lives because she can't keep her mouth shut, it's like everyone plays off of these relationships mm-hmm. in whatever way they can. It's their story, too, and if they wanted to talk about it, they could, but she just writes these really personal, you know, journalistic songs about, like, her feelings, her perspective, her thoughts on the relationship, and that's her right to do as, yeah. like, an equal partner in these relationships. It's kind of her, pro- like... Whereas, like, actors and actresses will do promos and do, like, interviews Mm -hmm. and talk about their past relationships there, they're okay to do that. Yeah. She doesn't do it in interviews. Yeah. She does it in her songs. Yeah. And for some reason, people think it's more petty that she doesn't, quote-unquote, name names. Because it's like a scavenger hunt to find out who this song is about and who this is about instead of just saying it. And she's very coy about who it is, even though we all know who it is Mm -hmm. for the most part. And I think people just really don't like that way of playing it because she's keeping all the cards in her hands. She's manipulating the media to say what she needs them to say, which is to talk about her songs. Well, so they don't like it, but her fans love it. I know. It's That's so fun. why <laughs> she's as big as she is. Yeah. Yeah. In I'm, my personal opinion. I know. And Red was interesting because there was like, you know, her other albums weren't so much about celebrity boyfriends. I mean, you had a lot of Joe Jonas songs on previous ones and like... There were just, like, more low-key relationships, whereas this Red album was, like, everyone knew she'd had these big relationships, and everyone was interested to see who she was singing about, because it seemed like she was dating so much, Mm -hmm. when in reality, it was, like, two boyfriends. Yeah, and a flirtation. Yeah, (laughs) and so, when Red came out, I remember, like, reading all the articles that were, like, breaking down who each song is about, understanding the hidden messages in Taylor's new album. And it was it was fun to puzzle it out. Yeah, it was juicy. And it was like gabbing with your best friend about like, oh, what did this boy do? Mm-hmm. And what did he say? So there are a lot of 
most of the songs on Red are inspired by Jake. <laughs> yeah. Whether they're they're romantic good and bad. Songs, yeah. good and bad. <laughs> um, just to name a few, one I've already said, we are never ever getting back together. <laughs> yeah. And then there's Red. Mm-hmm. Which that one is like less of an obvious. Like there's not a lot of direct imagery tying them, but in the hidden message, it spells out Sag, S-A-G, which a lot of people took to mean Sagittarius, which is both Jake and Taylor's signs. Because mm-hmm. then you have State of Grace, which opens with the line, like, twin fire signs, four blue eyes. And a lot of people take that to mean, again, the signs, and they're both blue-eyed babes. <laughs> mm-hmm. They are both blue-eyed babes. Yeah. And then there was also Sad, Beautiful, Tragic, which this one was interesting to me. I had been doing my research for this episode, and I went back through all these old articles, and there was a lot of people split on who this was about. Some people thought it was about um, John Mayer, but then someone, this, like, fan wrote this diatribe about how it's obviously about Jake Gyllenhaal, <laughs> because there's a line in there that is says, while you were on a train, and people were like, who takes trains anymore? Like, is this a metaphor? Like, what does it mean? But... This fan was like, yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal became like a groupie for the Mumford and Sons railroad tour. (laughs) So really, yeah, I didn't know. I know I hadn't heard that either, but I looked it up. I verified it. He was on a train. I know that um, as we are never getting back together. One of the lines talks about how like he likes his indie songs are much better, and Mumford Mumford and and Sons, Sons. (laughs) pretty indie, at least that time. Yeah, and then. The last time was another one people were sort of on the fence about, but the hidden message was L.A. on your break. They went to L.A. to have ice cream and some pool time. In between some shows, you know, actors have breaks. (laughs) Yes. So, so we're up to the heartbreaking moment I knew, which you listen to it. It's really you know. raw. Yeah. It's it's one of her bonus tracks. Yeah, so it's not as, like, polished as her album tracks. Like, you can understand why they didn't make the cut, but it is so vulnerable and, like, really honest, and she just, like, details this moment where she realized she knew this over. guy wasn't coming to her birthday party. Oh. He stood her up! That's the only I time I hated I think the most Jake. embarrassing thing is that... His friends were there. Yeah. She was bawling in the bathroom. And we know all these details because she lays them out in her song. Whatever. She called me and told yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. And then the last one the best. that is obviously about Jake. Yeah. All That's too well. why we're here today. Yes. I know. It's just such a good song. And I think it's the most provocative song because it's the longest on the album, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of a non-traditional song it's very slow building it starts out with very minimal instrumentation and then it builds to this bridge Mm. and then the second chorus and it's just like a complicated but really emotional song and i just love it she did it so well i know and there's this whole mythology behind the song i know i heard that i think we talked about it last week there's a rumor that there's a 10 minute yeah well version yeah because she talked about how it was originally like a super long 10 12 minute song and she had to cut it down to be more of a traditional track and she needed help to cut it down because yeah. she was in the situation and everything this breakup song everything was so raw yeah. and important to her so i think she had who was it emily 
No, it's Liz Rose. Liz Rose. I was yeah. going to say Emily Rose. Yeah. So she had Liz Rose come. Liz Rose was like her country collaborator for a lot of her older songs. And this was the only song she worked on on Red. And I get so annoyed when people say Taylor doesn't write her own stuff. Like, I hate, I hate it. It feels so sexist to me, frankly, because... A lot of pop stars, you know, you have Lady Gaga, you have even Beyonce, you have these great performers, great vocalists, but they often just pick they, up songs. They pick up like songs. Christina yeah. Perry songs. Yeah. And so they, you know, even like All About That Bass was supposed to be sold to Beyonce, but then she decided she didn't want it. And so that's when you got Megan, Megan Trainer. Because Megan Trainer wrote it. Yeah. She's a, she's so a writer. She performed it. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, a lot of people just think pop stars don't write their own stuff because they just buy these songs and they just become this persona. But Taylor Swift's whole thing has always been writing her own songs. And Liz Rose confirms this again and again that people just ignore. But Liz Rose is like, you know, a middle-aged woman from Nashville. And she's like, it would be impossible for me to think of these like She's not going through lyrics. like a breakup. Yeah. yeah, like especially Taylor's older stuff like on Taylor Swift and Fearless. She needs someone there who can help her just put it together, and take things out from, like, an outside perspective. Yeah, exactly. And it's, like, Liz Rose says that she acts more as an editor than a lyricist with Taylor Swift, but that's the only artist she does that with. And that it was, at first, hard to kind of explain her role because she doesn't, like, write the song. She listens to Taylor, like you said, sing and, like, mumble about these ideas and, like, talk through these lyrics, and then she's, like, she pulls the best one and says, let's revisit this, like, what if we work this in? And it's like, you wouldn't say John Green's editor wrote John Green's books, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, John Green is still the writer, even though he had support. And yeah. yeah. So, Taylor Swift wrote this song. She shares a credit with Liz Rose. And it's pretty obvious that it is very personal to her because part of the story behind it, she, I remember watching her at the Red Tour. And when she introduced this song, she talks about how, how impossible it is to try and forget someone, that it's like, the very attempt of actively forgetting someone implies there's an action there that makes it impossible to forget someone. And so she realized with this song, she had to just tell the story from beginning to end and that she just remembered it all too well. And Mm -hmm. then she'd go on the piano and it was just like, Uh. it was so emotional. Like even I saw one of the later shows on the Red Tour. This is years after their breakup, but she still can like, channel that emotion because this is such a vivid song and as we all know i did not see the red tour and that was one of my greatest regrets but i did see her performance on the grammys i know and i watched it today too just before coming over here it's it's gave me chills i was tearing up like Mm -hmm. it's just raw yeah and it was so great because she had a rough time with the grammy audience before And they sometimes are just waiting for her to fail because, you know, she's not, she doesn't have the vocal range of Beyonce. She's not necessarily considered a great singer. She's getting stronger. And I I think think this song proved it because she sat there and poured her heart into this performance and everyone loved it. Mm -hmm. Like everyone was like, whoa, this song is great. She's great. Like that performance was iconic. She can't be quiet about it. Do you think uh, Jake has listened to the album? Yeah, I do, because she wrote, she told a story once in, like, an article or an interview that the guy who read was mostly about reached out through an email and was just like, I listened to this, and it was really, like, bittersweet. It was, like, looking through a photo album. And it's like, oh, Jake! Aww. 
I mean, I hope it's true. I would imagine he would be mature about it. He seems like he's mature. And well, he's like, almost 40 now. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, and he's always actually... He is he gets, 40. Yeah. <laughs> he gets picked on about the Taylor Swift stuff a lot, I think. Like, people love to bring it up and, like, tease him. And Well, they just brought it up in an, a recent interview. Yeah. <laughs> and the person was like, if you lost your legs, yeah. <laughs> do you think Taylor would write a song about it? And he was like... You mean like a country song? Yeah. And they said, yeah, do you think Taylor would write a country song? Yeah. And he said, well, I don't think she does country anymore. Yeah, She's more she into pop. pop. Yeah. And he stopped it there. <laughs> I know. They're just like really relentlessly yeah. going after. It's been so many years. Maggie was on an interview too. <laughs> yeah. And they, they're like, uh, do you like still have Taylor Swift's scarf at your house? Yeah. She was very, like, dumbfounded, like, what? Yeah, she's like, what scarf? It was clearly she was just, she, she seemed like she was just playing it down. She's, she doesn't need to talk about it. It's Jake and Taylor's thing, and Jake doesn't want to talk about it. So they're just, like, they're not spilling any tea, they're you know? Classy. Yeah. They're letting Taylor spill the tea. Yeah, <laughs> which is great for us, because now we get to get into this song, and it is just... It's honestly one of my favorite songs of all time. We're, we're back at analyzing lyrics, yes, people. Yeah, this week we're finally getting back to the good stuff, which is proving Taylor Swift's genius. One yes. song lyric at a time. I'll read. Yeah. You stop me when you want to stop. I have some input. Oh, yeah, please. Yeah. All Too Well by Taylor Swift. First one. I walked through the door with you. The air was cold. But something about it felt like home. Somehow, and I left my scarf there at your sister's house and you still got it in your drawer even now it's such a good opening verse like it's so quiet it's really Mm -hmm. simple but it immediately puts you there like you're like oh it's fall we're in a house there's a scarf involved and you just have these really vivid images that just plant you in a moment in time rather than like an emotion or a feeling like you have in red or state of grace Mm -hmm. like this is a story and you're getting the opening scene and I just think she does such a great job of taking really simplistic pictures, but making them, like, unforgettable. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, your sweet disposition and my wide-eyed gaze. I love this line. Can I tell you why? I think I know why. <laughs> I know. It's so... I mean, it's such a beautiful line first off, and it's just, like, rolls off the tongue, but sweet disposition is a sweet temper trap song. Sweet disposition. Yeah. And that is Jake Gyllenhaal's favorite band, mm-hmm. which is just such a clever nod, too, because it works, and it makes sense, and it could very well be that it just means they were listening to this song in the car, and she was just watching him doe-eyed because he is handsome AF, you know? We're singing in the car, maybe sweet disposition, <laughs> yeah. getting lost upstate. The autumn leaves falling down like pieces into place. And I can picture it after all these days. I love that image of, like, the pieces falling into place. Kind of like their relationship at the beginning. Like, everything was falling into place. And that's, like, the best part, yeah, of a new relationship is just how effortless it can feel sometimes. Is It's just, like, all the stars align and you're just like, oh, this is, like, a comfortable place to be. I'm, like, excited to see how this is all coming together. And then you get to the chorus... And I know it's long gone, and that magic's not here no more, and I might be okay, but I'm not fine at all. This is, like, so country, which is nice. It's, like, the last country song Taylor ever wrote. It is. And then it goes into the actual chorus, because there we are again on that little town street. You almost ran the red because you were looking over me. Wind in my hair. I was there. I remember it all too well. <laughs> which is just so good. It, it's It's... 
grabbing, in essence, the beginning of that relationship Ooh. when you can't get enough of that person. They distract you, everything they do, and it's putting into lyrics that, you know, they were driving and Jake was just so enamored by her and her beauty that, like, <laughs> he risked his life yeah. <laughs> while driving because yeah. he just couldn't get enough of yeah. looking at her. Yeah. Um, we'll go into verse two. Photo album on the counter, your cheeks were turning red. You used to be a little kid with glasses in a twin-sized bed. And your mother's telling stories about you on a t-ball team. You tell me about your past, thinking your future was me. Such oh, a good line. Such a good line. That's, like, one that sticks with me, is the, you tell me about your past, thinking your future was me. Because it's, like, that is a relatable line, you that know? That is, because usually when you go into a relationship... You're thinking of the future of this person. You don't go into the relationship automatically thinking, oh, this is going to be over in two months. Yeah. Well, and it's like when you first meet someone, it's really vulnerable to start to like tell them about your past and like to, to take talk them, about things. To take them home, introduce <laughs> yeah. them to, to your, your parents, yeah. show them photos of your second grade photo in yeah. your glasses. Have you seen the photo of him <laughs> yeah, that so she's cute. probably referring to? Yeah, he's such yeah, a Yeah, he's cuter. so cute. So it's vulnerable to like introduce somebody to your family. Yeah. Especially if you're a celebrity. And it's like, it's interesting that these are such specific details and like very specific to them, right? But it still feels so relatable to all of us everybody. listeners. Yeah. Because everybody. everyone's been in that place where you like start to open up a little because you're so excited about this person. So I love it. <laughs> it only gets better from here. Or worse. Yeah. <laughs> and I know it's long gone and there was nothing else I could do. And I forget about you long enough to forget why I needed to. That was at the moment where I was trying to forget mm-hmm. the guy I dated. Yeah. So that line really spoke to me. Like, I forget about you long enough like to remember why I need to forget about you. Yeah. And when you break up, you don't remember all, like, why you broke up. Like, yeah. the shitty things he did or, like, the cruel things you did. You, you, you fall back to go into, like, the beginning of the relationship, those sweet things he told you, yeah. this, the loving things she did for you. Like, it's yeah. so easy to look back at. You're like, how did we get here and why aren't we still together? Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to chorus, because there we are again in the middle of the night. We dance around the kitchen in the refrigerator light. Down the stairs, I was there. I remember it all too well. This is such a good line, and it's one of Taylor's most famous lines, I think, is this image of dancing around the kitchen in the refrigerator light. And it's like, again, something so obvious and simple, and people are like, you know, this isn't like a really sumptuous image, but it, but it is. It's mm-hmm. like, it immediately takes you right to where she is and it like puts you right where she is and you can picture it everyone has a refrigerator light <laughs> you can picture it yeah it's like you don't need some sort of indie woo woo like Mm-mm. pseudo image of like a thousand fireflies, fireflies. <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is just like a really simple image clearly personal to her and it it makes sense to all of us doesn't i also feel like this might have been the last great moment she shares with us about their relationship and down the stairs I feel like she's kind of leading us down like a spiral so it kind of like it's a great line but also 
introduces us to the next part of the song, yeah. which, which... And this is where the song, like, <sighs> changes. Like, I yes. don't know music well, but, like, it, there's a clear change. Transition. And yeah, yeah, and there's, like, a swelling of the music, and it starts to pick up, and you're just swept into this. You are. And she says, and maybe we got lost in translation. Maybe I asked for too much. Which I think is great, because it's, like, every relationship, you bring in your own perspective, you bring in your own baggage, you bring in your own hopes and dreams, and so it's, like... Maybe they weren't on the same page. Yeah. You can't always be at fault for that. Like, sometimes it's just You go in with different in expectations. Yeah. Maybe he wasn't as serious about it, and maybe she was romanticizing the relationship. Yeah. Interesting enough, though, there's a 2003 comedy that's, like, yeah. one of the best 2000s comedy, maybe a cult classic for some. Yeah. But it basically, the premise of the story is these two strangers who, you know, they form a personal but short-lived relationship. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if she's tying loss into translation. <laughs> yeah, kind maybe of like she likes that movie. Sweet disposition. Yeah. Maybe they watched it together. Yeah. Let's keep continue. And maybe this thing was a masterpiece till you tore it all up. Running scared, I was there. I remember it all too well. This is like peak Taylor because there's a lot of like resentment there. Yeah. And there's a lot of pain and frustration. And people are like, oh, she plays the victim. But it's not like playing the victim it's saying like she has a lot of anger about how her relationship ended and spoiler alert he dumped her on her birthday so like (laughs) i don't blame her no (laughs) but it's like no he didn't even have the guts to dump her on her birthday he didn't even (laughs) go to her birthday party he ghosted her he ghosted her yeah (laughs) before ghosting was even like a thing yeah (laughs) so i think it's like you see a lot of the pain there and you hear it in her voice because this is where it crescendos she's She's almost, like, not wailing, but there's, like, a clear tension in her voice and, like, a pain there as she's trying to find the reason why it all fell apart. And maybe it's him, maybe it's her. He was just being honest because... Yeah. (laughs) Hey, you call me up again just to break me like a promise. So casually cruel on the name of being honest. I think this might be one of the greatest lyrics ever written because... I think about it probably on a weekly basis. Like, I just, <laughs> can I'm you, just like, Can you oh, text man. me when you yeah. think about it? Just, just do, like, yeah. ATW. Be like, it happened, yeah. <laughs> it just happened. No, because he called me up again just to break me like a promise. I remember hearing that for the first time and, like, my jaw dropping. Because, again, such a simple idea, but it's, like, such a unique way to say it. Like, you know, in the name of being honest, he's just letting let her be, know. Let me be honest. Yeah. I don't. I don't think this is going anywhere. Yeah, he's just, you know, trying to break it down. And it's like, she's clearly felt like a lot of pain and insecurity in this relationship. Like, she's like, maybe I asked for too much. She has a lot of questions about what she did wrong. And so this idea that he called again and breaks her like a promise. Like, he's had so many great words. He's promised so many sweet things. He he introduced her to his family. He Mm -hmm. talked about his past. And she had this idea of what the relationship would be. And then he calls again and breaks all those promises and just shatters her. Do you think that maybe he called her, because she said called again? Yeah. I mean, if we believe, you know, we are never ever getting back together is about him. Like, clearly they had a sort of tempestuous relationship. Yeah, on again. So, again. yeah, maybe there is, maybe there's a reference there to how mm-hmm. often he would leave and just come back. I'm crumbled up, piece of paper, lying here, because I remember it all, all, all too well. Oh, that is such a great part of the song because those alls like build on each other and it's like such a Taylor thing. It's like, it's one word she's just repeating over and over, but each 
part of it has more emotion like it just builds and builds and builds it just layers on and you're like right there in that heartbreak with her because that's when the music just crescendos and there's that release of all the tension and it's just this pain you're left with of of what she was left with she was just remembering it i like how she ties it to a crumbled up piece of paper lying Mm -hmm. on the ground because when you're writing something and then like like, oh that's not right you crumble it up and you throw it away yeah and i took it two different ways one way was maybe she was like Am I just your rough draft? Yeah. Like maybe there's something wasn't wasn't right mm-hmm. with me. But also, if you crumbled up a piece of paper, there's no way to make it back into a perfect flat piece. Yeah. You're always going to see the changes in it, and mm-hmm. it's and I feel like maybe she was relating it to I'm a crumbled up piece of paper. Even if you lay it out, it's always going to be there. Yeah, she's she's, she's changed. forever changed. She's yeah. forever changed. I know, and I just. I could honestly just live in this bridge because I just think it is so powerful, the music, the lyrics, all of it. And this is what Rob Sheffield was saying with his list is this is like a great line and it just speaks to her power as a songwriter. Like it's it's a line that stays with you even after the song ends. Like you just think about that. Like you call me up again just to break me like I promise. Mm. Like I'm a crumpled up piece of paper lying here. Like those are lines that will define Taylor's career forever. Definitely. Now we go into verse three. Time won't fly. It's like I'm paralyzed by it. I think this is like an interesting verse because like I was saying, the song sort of swells and then quiets. And so this verse isn't the same tune exactly as the first two. It's sort of slower. It's like she took a deep breath and is just like saying it now. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, there's the, the old saying that time heals all mm-hmm. wounds, but time won't fly. It was a short-lived romance. But she thought about it a lot. But it was something that, like, stuck with her. Mm-hmm. It was. Yeah. I'd like to be my old self again, but I'm still trying to find it. After plaid shirt days and nights when you made me your own. Now you mail back my things, and I walk home alone. And I, I like this idea of this, like, really specific image of plaid shirt days, because <laughs> Taylor was young, and I think in a lot of young relationships you can kind of sort of change yourself a little to fit in what he likes or and what he matches. Was wearing, he was yeah. a lot of plaid. <laughs> and she was too. And it's almost, it's interesting to think of maybe this, and after plaid shirt days and nights when you made me your own, like obviously there's a sexual energy to that, but it could also be like she felt like she changed a lot or just took on a lot of his interests and his likes and his things because she, she wanted to. Yeah. I think it's like she's recognizing that she lost a bit of herself. In these two different sentences, there's, they're contrasting. Mm-hmm. There's one sentence where it's uh, all emotion and like, you know, they wore plaid shirts and they like made each other their own like mm-hmm. in the <laughs> nights, you know? Like, it, like that, that was a good moment in her relationship. Yeah. And then it goes to... Now you mail back my things and I walk home alone. Aww. And, like, it, it kind of seems to me that maybe he called the shots in the relationship because yeah. she said, you made me your own. Yeah. You mail back my things. Yeah. And then it, so it's really quiet here and then the song sort of picks up in a really, like, I don't know if optimistic way is the right thing, but it, but it energizes. Yeah. It, it's lighter. But you keep my old scarf from that very first week. If you see, and you've probably noticed in the music video, we are never, ever getting back together. It opens on her with a guy who, like, plays her boyfriend. He's wearing a scarf. Yeah. He puts it on her. Yeah. She takes it off and throws it. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you, there's that reference that, like, you just know. If she's yeah. putting it into 
into the music video, you can tie We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together directly to the mm-hmm. song and the scarf. Yeah. It wasn't through lyrics, it was through yeah. imagery. Well, and he's very, the We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together guy is very Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes, very Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> very yummy. <laughs> very yummy, yummy. Because it reminds you of innocence and it smells like me. You can't get rid of it because you remember it all too well. Yeah. I, it kind of makes it seem that maybe he was the aggressor. Maybe he, he like, started the relationship and he, like, ended the relationship and everything was on his terms. Mm-hmm. But it kind of feels like she's not the only one hurting. Like, he was, yeah. he was still sad. Like, maybe he knew that they weren't right for each other. But I have had a guy break up with me. He wrote me a letter because he couldn't say yeah. it to me. So he wrote me a letter, sat right down in front of me, <laughs> and I read the letter while he was sitting in front of me, yeah. and he was bawling. Aww. It was like, telling him, basically telling me that, like, he didn't think I was, like, yeah. wife material. Yeah. And he was crying, because he still liked me, but he just didn't think that I was the one. That's brutal. <laughs> it was really awkward. Yeah. I refused to let him drive me home, because so it was... sad. <laughs> it was awkward. Yeah. Anyways. Well, we go into the chorus, because there we are again, when I loved you so, back before you lost the one real thing you've ever known. <laughs> it was rare. I was there. I remember it all too well. Yeah, no, I love how this song finishes, because it doesn't end when you think it will. Like, you no. kind of think it would finish right after the bridge. and like, It doesn't even end chorus. here. <laughs> I know. <laughs> There's, like, a second chorus. But, like, it's sort of an empowering finale. She's still heartbroken, and she's still struggling to remember it. But she's saying, like, you can't pretend this didn't happen. You can't pretend I didn't matter to you. Like, you can't pretend that this wasn't serious because she remembers it all too well. It also makes me think that maybe... Because she says, back before you lost the one thing you've ever known. Maybe he said something within their relationship. You know, he had other relationships, but maybe it's like, you. maybe he said... You're the one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember... Whispering sweet nothing stir. I'm a Jake fan, so I follow yeah. him. Yeah. And I remember one interview, someone stupidly asked, like, how many... You've had a lot of relationships. Like, have you ever been in love? And he was like, mm, only, like, twice. And everyone was like, oh, who was he in love with? <laughs> so it could have been Taylor. I don't know. Reese or Kirsten. Yeah. <laughs> now we go into the outro. Wind in my hair. You were there. You remember it all. Down the stairs... You were there. You remember it all. It was rare. I was there. I remember it all too well. It's so good. I think it just wraps it up so nicely. Well, she it brings like, in all the images. Yeah, she references all the important moments that she shared with us. Mm-hmm. The wind in her hair, down the stairs. Yeah. And it was rare. I know. And I think it's just, it's nice that this doesn't feel like there's angst to it. It doesn't feel like bitter. So it feels like she found closure through this, you know, memory. Mm-hmm. And she feels a little bit better about it but she's she won't let him like write her off and she's saying I remember this and there's no there's no point pretending it didn't happen and like it hurt and I'm still struggling to understand it but I remember it yeah like the relationship is over but it's not easily forgotten I love how she also wraps in you remember it yeah because obviously he is remembering it too. yeah like, it's not some I know it's only... unforgettable oh my goodness those legs yeah obviously it was only two months and you know she was 2021 20, at the time mm-hmm. and he was 29 but I, I, I think it probably meant a lot to him too I mean yeah it was a short relationship and a lot of people think so short like how could you how could it mean so much to you when it was so short but you can't help what you feel and I think that's what's yeah. great about Taylor is 
she's not going to apologize for writing songs, you know, about meeting a guy and wondering if he had a crush. She's not going to apologize for writing a five and a half minute tour de force detailing this relationship that only lasted two months because they mattered to her and she owns how she feels. And I think that's something really admirable as a woman to do in a, in her position because she does get so much flack for it. And they they focus on, oh, look what you're doing to these poor men. You're making them like topics of conversation like you're making them gossipy tabloid bits but it's like we should be focusing on taylor swift went through this breakup she felt this way and she talks about it and she wrote about it too and it's so beautiful yeah it's a masterpiece like yeah. let's talk about what a masterpiece it is and we don't we don't have to harass maggie and jake about the relationship <laughs> five yeah. years later yeah let's just harass taylor for the 10 minute version that's what i want and need in my life because i want to know but that is the greatest song in her repertoire and i think it's great that rolling stone recognized it and i think it's it speaks to the fact that this is a fan favorite and it's a critic's favorite too because you can't really find anything to hate about it. Like, it's such a good well, song. Definitely one of her greatest hits. And I'm glad we got to go over it today. Me too. I am... I'm a little bit thirsty. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about Always. you. Yes, please. <laughs> but I think it's tea time. It is! And something that's been um, a little talk of the town mm-hmm. is Ticketmaster boosts. Yes. This is... So, for introduction, when Taylor announced Reputation, she also introduced a new website with a Ticketmaster where to get in line to... To get in line to eventually buy Taylor tour tickets. You have to sign up for this account, and then you gain boosts to move up and down in the line. We don't know exactly what you're guaranteed at the end, but it's like a priority priority position so that when... These tickets go online, they won't go to the bots. Yes. That's what Ticketmaster says. That's why they justify it. In the past, mm-hmm. she's done pre-sale codes. Yeah. Which you have to be a part of the Taylor Swift fan club, mm-hmm. and that will give you access to about six tickets. Yeah. I work with a lady whose friend is, um, I don't know, a scalper, I guess? <laughs> yeah. And he has all of his friends, including her, on the Taylor Swift uh, fan pre- Yeah. Like, fan site so that they'll yeah. get the code and once they get the code she'll send it over to him yeah. and so I talked to her about this and she was like oh I wouldn't do that yeah it's like, definitely like another hoop let, to jump let's through. break down the hoops of everything you need to jump through mm-hmm. and then we'll tell you why people hate it why your fans yeah. love it as of right now I have 1200 boosts yeah and I have a tenth of that literally <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm competitive if you know me yeah. I'm competitive. If I think I can get a high score in something, I will. So in order to get these boosts, like you know, you have to sign up. You have to provide mm-hmm. your email address. You have to um, confirm your phone number. You have to verify that, like, this what is one city? person, yeah. what city you're in, how many tickets you want. She's only giving people an option of four tickets. And you can only use one email address, one phone number. You can't have multiple accounts with the same phone number. So she slowly has been adding different activities. So Mm -hmm. in order to get a boost in the line, you have to complete activities. Yeah. So right now, she has five videos up, Mm -hmm. and you can watch those five videos up to ten times a day. So that right there is 50 boosts. You also (laughs) have the option to tweet about her with a reference link, Uh to email somebody a reference link, or to put it on your Facebook with the reference link. You have the option of running down when you see a UPS truck with her face on it and <laughs> taking a photo, which, funny story, yeah. my husband was in Boston for work this weekend, 
and he was with a friend and his friend, you know, my husband tells everyone that I have a podcast. <laughs> so he told his friend about the podcast and his friend was like, oh, speaking of Taylor Swift. And he saw the UPS truck in Boston and we know we don't have yeah, them in Houston. So he gave his stuff to his friend and he <laughs> ran down to take a picture of it. So that's an option. The biggest option that people are annoyed about... You can buy merch. You can buy merch. And albums. And albums. You can buy up to 13 albums <laughs> yeah. for 13 points and unlimited merch. We'll talk about that soon. But she just opened another option. You can like her on Twitter, Facebook, and Tumblr, and like Taylor Nation, and you'll get like four boosts. And then you can also have a Facebook filter. Oh, so yeah. it's kind of fun. You kind of check in daily. <laughs> I'm at work. I have two screens, and I put the videos on one of my screen and forget about it, then, like, 20 minutes later, see it. You can do multiple tabs in one browser. One view- <laughs> she when, knows all the secrets. When viewing the, yeah. the videos. But you can open different browsers like <laughs> Safari and Firefox and Google Chrome and watch them. So I cut down the time and I do that. Yeah. She broke the system. I broke the system. <laughs> but you know, I'm a fan. Yeah. I'm well, fan. to be fair, when I... So she announced this right when the reputation was announced and when I first saw it I was really sort of I was bummed out I was like this is complicated like what do you mean I have to go through all these hoops to like get get in line to get something to get tickets like it wasn't really clear to me what was required yeah and you don't know what you're actually in line for technically or what level of the line you have to be at to get something yeah because for so in the past you'll get you got a pre-sell code right either with the when you're an american express or you're a fan yeah yeah and you put the code in and it generated the best tickets that were available yeah. whether they were floor seats whether they were like third bowl seats you didn't get a pick where you sat yeah. which was kind of frustrating yeah now with this you can copy and paste from your ticket preference section all the way down to like any badges you have and you can copy and paste all that text mm-hmm. and put it into a search Anything, engine yeah. and press enter and it'll tell you what like some people are at two percent of the line some people are yeah. at one percent of the line i personally <laughs> am in zero percent of the line congratulations what, what does that mean i have no idea i'm taking all this these hours out of my days yeah. for three months to to get what? I don't know. I'm excited to find out, but I'm also like, if they generate nosebleed tickets for me, yeah, I will kind of be sad. <laughs> well, I think the main thing people are upset about is this idea, oh, Taylor Swift yes. is making her fans buy merch to get tickets. Like, she's robbing her fans blind. They have to buy 13 albums to make it priority. Like, you have to spend money to get tickets. And False. that's just not true. And yeah. I know you have the option of buying as much merch as you want, but let's go back in time to last year lady gaga released her joanne tour you had to buy merch to get into the pre-sale code mm-hmm. so like lady gaga was one of the first people to do this but taylor's making it her own <laughs> yeah she's making like she knows what her fans like yeah i i i like doing this clearly <laughs> I, like there are other people who love doing it too and yeah. you know the whole idea is to keep the bots away so you know people go in to go get your boost yeah, one, I mean, one boost a day will keep the bots away. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. Yeah, I mean, my husband signed up the first night and he's done, he's watched the music video maybe 20 times and he's at like 12% of the line. Yeah. So that's the thing is like, it looks like a long thing from waitlist to priority, but in actuality, you jump up to the middle of the line, quote unquote, as soon as you do one thing. 
Yeah. And you know, so who knows what this line is, what this like colored bar means. means, but it is like an option for fans to do stuff without spending money Cause that will hopefully of, help a lot people of, get tickets. A lot of Taylor Swift's fans are in high school, so they can't buy as much money yeah. as they want to. And they have options of getting higher in the line yeah. without buying that. The one thing that I am confused about, though, is that <laughs> watching the videos of Medium Boost and buying merch is the high boost. I don't understand. Because <laughs> if you do a low is. boost, like if you tweet once a day, you get one boost. If you watch the video ten times a day, you get ten boosts. If you buy the album, you get one boost. But where does that put you in the line? <laughs> no one it knows. says it's a high boost, but how high of a boost because you yeah. i've only seen one boost right. difference well and to be fair this is a new program so i think they might still be figuring it out so who knows how this one is gonna play out but it's if she's trying something so one thing with so i you guys i love music i love going to concerts i'm on adele's pre um fan i'm a, a fan so i get her pre-sell codes what one thing that was awesome is not only did we get amazing seats but in order to pick up those tickets it said you had to be there in person, show them your ID yeah. at the box office. And so they were trying to keep, like, the box yeah. away. The because scalpers, if I'm going bad. to buy a ticket from someone, if I'm going to go on to a resale site mm-hmm. and buy a ticket, and they're like, okay, yeah, give me your money, but you have to meet me <laughs> the day before the concert, I would be a little shaded by that. Right. You know. So yeah. I, I do know that artists are trying to... You know, keep the the fans in mind. Yeah. But you, so I think that's why some people are a little are shaded out a bit. Is yeah. She's she wants people to buy merch, and she, you know. And yeah. I mean, they have to find drama somewhere, and it was pretty an easy target at first because it was really unclear, and mm-hmm. so it was a little like, I don't want to spend fifty dollars on a hat to maybe get a pre-sale ticket to get who knows. What and seats. maybe the hat's gonna be too big on your head. <laughs> yeah. Let's think about that. Yeah. So, I mean, you can see the complaint, but it's just unwarranted because my husband has done absolutely nothing but watch a video and he's 12% from the front of the line. So, I guess we'll have to report back when we finally figure out what this line is for. We will. I'm afraid we will have to report back the day we buy tickets. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited about that. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that... I love this episode. We're, we dove into one of our favorite ep- our favorite songs, and mm-hmm. we talked about some controversies. And yeah, yeah. so next week we'll hopefully have some new news, maybe new music if we're lucky. Fingers crossed. But if not, we'll definitely go into an old, an oldie but a goodie. Just like today, there's always something to talk about with Taylor. So for now, I'm Shelby and I'm Ashley, and we'll see you next time.